Hey. Hey. You are never going to believe who I just ran into today. Who? Your old flame, Gail Cunningham. Did you talk to her? Well, I was on my way to the Y and I saw her coming toward me. I didn't know what to do because I remembered you had three dates with her and she wouldn't kiss you goodnight. So I'm thinking, what is my duty to my friend? Do I acknowledge her? Do I ignore her? I mean, what is my responsibility here? So what happened? Yeah, yeah. So she sees me and she goes, oh, hi, Kramer. You know, like nothing happened. Like she never went three dates with you and refused to kiss you goodnight. Yeah, I know about the three dates. You know what I did? I snubbed her. What do you mean you snubbed her? I walked right by her. Boop. Never said a word. Right by her? Right by her. What do you say about a guy like this, huh? You are some great friend, I tell you, snubbed her. Not that I condone it. I've never condoned snubbing in my administration. Your loyalty is beyond question. Yeah, well, you know, she was lucky. I was in a good mood. Could have been a lot worse. September 1st, 2019. Hello, friends and neighbors. Yo. How you doing? How you doing? I mean, they could be our neighbors. Maybe, maybe some people that listen to this live close to us? It's true. They're our podcasting neighbors. Oh. Just like if you watched Mr. Rogers, you were his neighbor. So right. if you listen to this, you're our neighbor and that, our friend. How you sense. doing? Yeah. We like you. Hi, neighbor. So. So. Uh, just a couple of things to talk about this is week. Is that all? Well, one of them will take, take a few minutes. Okay. But um, the first thing was... As we mentioned in the last twip, on August 22nd, we had our 15th anniversary. Oh, gosh. And in the last twip, we said, oh, we were so busy, we didn't have time to plan anything, unfortunately. True. And then after that, we planned something. Because we're crazy. But it was just a small thing that we could get done really fast. little thing. Yeah, so we, we wrote a quick little thing, and we sent it to Renee Christine Jones and Paul Brueggemann, and they sent some lines in, and we mixed a little thing together, and so that was dropped into the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion feed last week. So if you missed that, maybe you I should go I don't see how you could have, but if you did, you should drop by and check that out. Go check it out. It's just a short little thing. It's you like, might like it's it. It's like a minute long. Yeah. But it's, it's a thing. You know, a weird thing, though, yeah. when I was looking at that, Dixie ran for 50 episodes, which yes. was just over four years because it was mostly monthly. Mm-hmm. It's been nine years since the show ended. It's been ended longer than it ran. Really? Twice as long. I did not realize. Twice as long since it ended <laughs> as it was That's around for. Crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yes. That's nuts. We've been making these shows for a long time, guys. Yeah. Okay. Maybe keep that on the down low. A little bit. I mean, who needs to know? Everyone. Some because. Segway, segway. Oh. The new uh, Apple Podcast iTunes categories finally went live. Uh, I think we talked about this a little before. I but, think we did. Um, all of our shows used to be in the performing arts category with every other audio drama ever because that was the only place that they kind of maybe Which fit. kind of weird. And even though they didn't fit. Right. Uh, and so. Apple finally changed their categories and made a special one just for fiction. Right. There's drama, science fiction, and comedy. Those are their subcategories for fiction. Apparently, Mm -hmm. that's the only kind of fiction there is. No other kind. No other kind. But when they finally push those things live, they have lists of all-time bestsellers in Mm -hmm. these categories. Eight of our shows are in the top 60 all-time bestsellers scripted sci-fi podcasts. Isn't that nuts? Pretty great. 
That is nuts. We like it. Now, why is it the top 60? I don't know. What is Apple's metric for determining this? I don't know. They don't tell anybody. They're totally, you know, um, inscrutable. So their ways are mysterious and we don't know. But eight of our shows are in their uh, top 60 all-time bestsellers for sci-fi. And two of, no, yes, two of our shows were in the top 60 all-time for drama, which would be uh, Pendant Shakespeare and Red Sands. And over in comedy, Henderson and Havner was up in the top top 60. So how about that? That That's really cool. Pretty cool. So, and uh, Kingery was in the top 10 over in the sci-fi Kingery still very popular. Yes, all the if you look at the the list, the top sixty, it sort of shifts day to day. I whatever metric they're using to determine it, I guess it depends on how many listens or new subscribers. I thought or it who was knows. downloads, but yeah, or who knows? But the point is, so because of this, they shift a little bit. So Kingery is sometimes like at number eight, and sometimes at number eleven or twelve, and it, they all just sort of shift around. But there's we still have eight shows in there, and for some reason, this show is up in there. This show that three people listen to, Twip. Which, what? I mean, we say three people. It's, it's a joke. It's more than that. <laughs> I but guess more people listen than we think. It's crazy. Maybe. I mean, we look at the download numbers and it really doesn't compare to our actual scripted shows. But the fact that yeah. it's in there blows my mind. So, so, hi, people. Hi, folks. Maybe you saw it on the list and you were like, what's that? And you clicked on it. And if you've never listened to our shows, you're very confused. Yes, and you're like, who are these people? And what are they talking about? Such weirdos. Such weirdos. That quote at the beginning of the show made no sense. What's so, going on? Yeah, maybe just, yeah, you could... If you're new, go to Pennant Audio, check it out. <laughs> yes, all of our shows. Then you'll know what we're talking about. Or you can even just search for Pendant Productions in the iTunes store right. and all of our shows come right up. It's pretty cool. Yes. And if you do that, even if you're a longtime listener, hey, could you please click a star rating for us? Man, it makes such a we difference. We really could use some of those. It we helps really people could. find the show. The more positive star ratings it gets the more it turns up in search results so definitely it it, it takes like 10 seconds not even per show so if you're like i like this and you're like i don't want to tell my friends about it if you click the stars it's like you told people about it without actually having to tell people right you don't even have to write a review although you can if you want but just click the stars boop done yeah and it helps so much and you don't have to talk to so much so easy and that's it that's it that's all our news okay we're done for this time Fab. Oh, wait, there was one other thing I could mention that wasn't on my post-it. Oh. The second episode of Mage and Machine has come in, and it's also great. And, and that's a show that's not out yet. Right. So you haven't missed anything. But the point I'm trying to make here is that its production is completely on schedule. So within a month or two, we should be able to nail down a premiere date and let you all know. Yep, and then we're going to share these spicy episodes with you. It is cooking. Cooking with gas. Blinky's scripts are amazing. Sammy's directing is amazing. And oh, wait until you hear the cast they put together. It's so good. You're going to love it. I auditioned for the show and didn't make it in. And they were right to not pick me because their cast is much better than me. Yep. It's so good. I mean, I wasn't saying that. I mean. No, it's true. they didn't pick you. No, don't be. They they made the right choice. Okay. I stink. From Seattle, Washington, we have Darian Lindell on the line. Hello, Darian. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? You weren't good. Good. You were saying? What? I was just, uh, I couldn't help but want to comment on the creepiness of that Craig Bob voice. You're right. Yeah. That was very creepy. Yeah. When we do the recordings, we've got Craig Bob and he's like, now recording. <laughs> 
was, I was, I was, you, you prepared me and I was still taken aback. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't have to deal with creepy Craigbot until we, we cut the recording out all the way at the end. Okay. I'll try and, and suppress my shuddering. <laughs> so how are things up in Seattle these days? Seattle is a bustling metropolis. Uh-huh. And many things are changing all the time. There's lots of, there's lots of tech, there's lots of tech companies changing the way that Seattle works. And some people are super excited about that. And most people are very angry and there's lots of traffic, but ultimately uh-huh. it's a beautiful place. So we're not leaving. All righty. So um, we have questions that have come in from the pendulums and I have some myself and um, hopefully you have answers. Otherwise this is very short and one-sided. I will do my best. All righty. So um, let's, let's jump right in. You are now playing in gymnasium. Yes, I am. Lady justice. And, uh, Lady justice and various other tiny roles <laughs> in other things. <laughs> Yes. No role is too small for pendant. Nope. So um, how do you prepare for a role that you are essentially omnipotent? <laughs> You're a goddess, right. but also mom. But <laughs> she, yes, <laughs> mommy goddess. Uh, I would say um, a lot of what I do is, um, it's, I mean, it's, it feels kind of a bo- like boring, but I just do a lot of imagining in terms of what, um, like if I were to cast it, if I were to cast it as a film, if I were to cast it as a play, if I were to cast it myself, like what, what am I looking for? What qualities? And then I try and figure out if there's a way for me to find those qualities in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's what I, and, and <laughs> I do a lot of deepening my voice <laughs> because somehow <laughs> that feels like it's got a little more gravitas than my regular, than my regular voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's trying to, and also I really try not to just go into an English accent because maybe that might be villain territory, but you know. <laughs> Star Wars rules. Right, right, right. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and also, you know, I feel like there are some, there are some classic um, kind of goddess uh, f- figure characters in kind of uh, pantheon of fantasy that i might try and and uh draw from okay was that kind of your plan of attack on on lady justice kind of draw from stuff that you might have seen with other pantheons that you're familiar with or honestly i just kind of read i mean i read this the script and I kind of had a sense of what she was, what she was like and what drove her. And, and I wanted to give her a real gravitas in terms of like, she's a serious mm-hmm. creature, right? She's a serious character who has a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, uh, noble qualities. And I wanted to portray that, but I also uh, didn't want to go so far as to make her infallible, to make her um, cold because she has, she has real, um, she cares a lot about all of these um, uh, worlds that she encounters. And uh, so it was, it was trying to find a balance of like, how do you project um, 
that strength and resilience and otherworldliness, but at the mm-hmm. same time, make, make her accessible from a, like, you know, she's, she's had a broken heart. She's, she's had some serious trauma. She's alone. So like trying to give her some uh, within that, like, you know, a goddess like power to give her some uh, humanity, I guess, and some um, sympathetic qualities that, that we could all identify with. Very cool. Um, yeah, it kind of proved that parenting is hard, even when you have tons and tons of superpowers. <laughs> well, uh, yes, yes. Parenting is hard. <laughs> did you find, so those aspects that we were talking about, did you find any of them um, more challenging than others, like the loneliness versus um, the accomplishments or the the seriousness? I think, I mean, it's always, it's always, um, it, it, when you're able to get really into a, um, a scene and interact with another um, actor, another character, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, that really is kind of the moment that helps um, define uh, who they are. Like when you have a monologue, there's something, there's something lovely about that in terms of, of really being able to like um, figure out someone's inner workings, you know, in the moment, like, a, you know, you're kind of to be or not to be speech you're like really kind of saying you're inside outside mm-hmm. and uh but with um i think i find out more about who the character is and when they're in relation with other people so if you know when she's talking to um the people on the the planet the ones who made eos or she's uh uh talking to um the the i've forgotten his name sorry about that the commander from earth who, who she's on the phone with the whole time um or the calm with the whole time Mm -hmm. uh that it's in it's in it's how she reacts to them that really informs informs you know who she is when she's uh when she's trying to be accessible and i find i think that that's really interesting because who is this person who has all these powers and is just like you know i'm just gonna go hang out with these people who are way less powerful than me and um and save them all the time. Like, what's her motivation? What's driving her to do that? And is it trying to, is she make, trying to make amends? Or, but she was doing that before. Like, so is, you know, is it just, she's just so lonely because all of her people are gone. I just, you know, trying to figure out what that is and like, and, and within the, the, the space and the dialogue, like, you know, get in there and, and see if you can find the, the breaths, the pauses and the, and the, and leaning into the, um, the language uh, to to figure her out. Interesting. Very cool. I don't know if they answered your question. Yeah, it, it does. So you've played this role of, you know, superpowered mm. character and also the mom part. And that's um, kind of an interesting balance because one is, you know, this big and mm. kind of role and the the maternal part is often done much more muted than the whole superhero mm. piece and so find how how did you find that balance um well i mean the thing is that like the way that she's having to mom in, in this is like really mom in crisis i mean and so as far as stakes go like yes like she might be um preventing a nuclear war on a planet-wise scale but for her the stakes with her her children or 
are even greater, you know, like that's it's her personal stakes are so much higher. So it's, it's almost backwards in ter- in what you might think in terms of like a like a normal kind of apocalypse uh you know centric story whereas for her like that's the actual like the thing that's tearing her apart is the inability to reach them the inability to um affect change the the need to act to have to discipline to, to have to um harm you know to make to have to be having to make these really terrible personal choices mm-hmm. um and and also um you know there's that element of like uh she's just too powerful and the, and these children are really the only ones who can even take her power in a in a real she can even be herself with and yet she can't because they are making these terrible choices and so it's almost like uh uh more intense the stakes are higher for her in that moment than than you know she's not probably going to be destroyed by a nuclear winter or whatever right so so it's more and then her her emotions are ratcheted up so much more with her with her personal stakes. Right, because there could be consequences not just yeah. to her, but I, yeah. to other worlds mm-hmm. if the children aren't. If they don't. And, I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but where, because there was the, the, I drew a lot from my own personal experience as a, as a parent in, in trying to be like, in, in that, in those, um, exchanges of of rear you know just child rearing that 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 she does uh yeah i was really doing a lot of like imagining you know my own my own kids in that role and and trying to 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 walk the line between permissive and uh and strict you know it's like what is that when you have ultimate power you know how permissive can you be (laughs) how strict can you be how much love do you show um you know how much how much kindness comes into your voice when you're when you're um trying to rear someone who can you know uh level cities right <laughs> there's not a lot of room for error you know yeah. there's like so one of the things that i've noticed as we've been talking is i kind of hear you talking like a writer like yeah yeah <laughs> probably imagine that um and um you've you've written stuff for us in pendant over the years um like seminar mm-hmm. a um, long time ago yeah. yeah are you gonna do some more seminar stuff because i i know because this about question was actually one of the ones that came in mm. are you gonna do some more writing for seminar because i guess people like your stuff so <laughs> well i mean i would i uh i would love to i have um I'm in the middle of writing a, a, a science fiction alternate history play at the moment that I really feel like has has a life in a bunch of different media medium. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and uh, uh, and so I think that that is something I would be super interested in, in exploring. But um, I haven't thought about about just submitting something. I suppose I have I have about uh, I don't know like. 30, 30 little little one acts I could or little ten minute plays I could probably turn into into short into short audio dramas if I well, seminar is always taking scripts. All right, yeah, you well, the <laughs> welcome, seminar Jeffrey. is quite <laughs> quite prolific in terms of putting out content. So there you go. So actually, I think how how did you word it? Historical, alternate historical. 
Yes, yeah. So it's science fiction. Uh, uh, it's like sci-fi historical uh, alternate history. You know, sort of something like that. I pr- I should probably have a better uh, a better elevator pitch. <laughs> so have funny. have we in Pendant done that before? Uh, would is that the kind mm. of thing you would classify Dixie as, or is this like actual more um, historical? It's a it's a it's of... alter it's it's a it takes characters from history and it uh, um, puts them in kind of an alternate timeline. It it there are real moments in history and uh, kind of has some uh, fantastical elements around them that help explain how the history turned out the way it did kind of oh, okay. part of it um so it's a and it's yeah it's a i can go into a full explanation of it but I, i'm not sure, <laughs> sure if that's where we want to go um but it's basically uh it, there's a there's a world of ideas that these uh, historical figures live in and and because of um their um because of, because of reasons they're able to access it and then travel kind of through time uh, and go back and forth and, and solve mysteries and um, things like that. Oh, that's neat. That, okay, so that is very different from what Dixie It is very was. different from, yeah. So there's, it has a steampunk element to it because a lot of the characters are like Victorian age characters. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think we've done that before. It's a full, yeah, it's a full, it's like a, you know, it's, it's a full season of, of, <laughs> uh, of material, I think. So you do playwriting? Yes, I'm a playwright primarily. I do also, um, I write novels, but I, um, I'm focused on my playwriting and that's where I've done most of my work. My, um, and my published and produced work is, uh, is as a playwright. So how did you get into that? Um, I majored in theater when I was in college and mm-hmm. um, my, and I thought I would live my life as a director of theater. And uh, so when I, I first got to Seattle because I had an internship at the Seattle Repertory Theater right out of college. So I went to, I moved to Seattle for a year into, um, to work at the Seattle Repertory Theater. And, uh, but the day after I moved to Seattle, I met my husband and, um, and just fell in, love. I fell in love, fell in love, fell in love with the city and, uh, and just decided to stay here for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. That was the day after you moved there? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was, it, you know, pretty life changing. Uh, there was before Seattle and after Seattle, right, for me. Um, but when I, I want, I actually just wanted to be a director at that point. I didn't think that I um, had the chops to be a writer. And, um, and then I, I have a relationship with the, I developed a relationship with this artistic director of a theater in Seattle. Her name is Megan Arnett. She's the artistic director of Live Girls Theater, and they only produce new works by women uh, and have since 1998. Wow. And uh, they are, so she, uh, I worked for her as a director several times, and she is just as some um, amazing human who can look at someone and just think, I don't think you're doing the, the artistic thing that is of your heart. And I'm gonna, just going to poke at you until I figure out what that is. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to shine. And so that's what she just like. I think you're a playwright. And I'm like, I'm not a playwright. She's like, no, I think you are. And, <laughs> and so she's like, in fact, I'm going to commission you to write me a play for this thing. So I tried and I found, I really found myself in writing. Uh, I really, I, if it fulfilled all of these 
needs and desires that I had had as an actor, because you kind of, you know, when you're writing, you get to envision yourself as all of these characters and, uh, and their voices become so strong. And then, uh, and as a, as a director, you, you know, you're, you're, you're designing the scene, you're figuring out how all the parts fit together. And as a playwright, I'm able to do that too. And so it really, um, it really was a great fit for me. Um, even though my, all my training at that point had been in acting and directing, uh, I, I just kind of fell into it and applied those, applied those things. And another thing that she, that this, this uh, relationship did for me was that she is also a, a big fan of science fiction and fantasy. And so she and I together have been creating science fiction plays, um, which is not a very common thing out uh -huh. there. I think most people think that science fiction most much like with that you need you need special effects right uh and uh and so we've been dealing with that in a in the theatrical way and and exploring um the essence of a of a science fiction idea through a theatrical means uh and it's been just a delight so every time i get a chance to jump back into the acting world like especially with with pendant mm -hmm. i i jump at the chance because i feel like it really hones my my voice chops from an acting perspective like it's like oh yeah like I, I can just focus on this one character and really like see all the things that I can pull out of of her uh which so it's just a it's just an utter delight every time um I get to uh, work with Pendant uh on these projects well I think it's cool that you've come back to to Pendant for some of the newer people to hear and I know those of us that have been around a while love hearing your voice again and and it sounds like that this um person of yours um was basically mm. um playwright you are yes hmm? what'd you say what'd you say that the uh the person was more yes. of your playwright you are yes hmm? yes but yes exactly sorry yes i i i thought you were doing a Yoda thing and i just wasn't i wasn't People sure do it much better than i do <laughs> I'm I apologize. Sorry, I snapped you at the now. first time. Yeah, I, you know, sorry. I need to dust Man, off had my to do it twice. I'm sorry. Geek chops. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, are your plays strictly in Seattle, or are there ways of seeing uh, them if we don't live in uh, Seattle? Well, so I definitely have plays that are produced outside of Seattle, but they are mostly done by um, uh, high schools and colleges uh and community mm -hmm. theaters uh there uh so i i adapted some young, uh some middle a middle grade play, uh, book that uh is published and uh the people you know they go to dramatic publishing and they say i want to do the westing game by um ellen raskin uh, and uh, it's my adaptation that's out there so that's being done all over the country um that my plays have been done in other uh parts of the world but um for the most part, I'm Seattle-based and Seattle-focused, and and theater is a you know is a a local event. Um, however, I like the the first play that I wrote in this science fiction series is set in Baltimore and Chicago, and the second one is set in Chicago and New York. And so I feel like there are there those are places that I would really like to um, to send it send it out. It's really a matter of of trying to developing relationships with some theaters out there and, and seeing if, uh, if they're interested, but I want to, I'm writing a trilogy right now. And so I'm in the, I'm in the middle of the second one and 
that's really where my focus is. You know, you kind of have to go between, am I create, am I the creator right now? Am I like the person writing or am I the person trying to produce? And generally it's, it's hard to do both at the same time. At least it is for me and also live a life and also have a full-time job. So, right. So that's my, my excuse for not being <laughs> out there in all these places. Would there happen to be recordings of your plays that people can see online? Uh, no, but um, I act, but I, you know, it's funny that you were talking about that because I have, I have a, I'm a bullet journaler. I don't know if you know what a bullet journal is, but it's a specific kind of life organization tool. Uh, and in it, um, I have a bunch of goals for myself in terms of my art, artistic life. And one of them is to turn Cylon into a radio show. So um, oh, cool. I just had, you know, haven't wanted to, to, broached that with uh with susan and jeffrey quite yet i wasn't sure on my pitch but i guess this is it susan and jeffrey this is my pitch <laughs> hey anything oh, i can do to help <laughs> good good thank you I that. I, well part of it too is that i have i've been well i've been working with with um specific actors i've been writing these roles for so i need to figure that out anyway we have ahead. a couple actors start, yeah. that have been around <laughs> In, in pendant it's for true. a while in fact you some of my pendant of buddies them. yeah i know some of my pendant buddies uh came they actually drove up uh, from portland to come see the show last when i went when it opened the first one so that was really Ooh. thrilling to be able to meet them in person yeah that's always fun yeah have you um ever done one of the pendant picnics no. from back in the day no i didn't do a pendant picnic yeah, I missed out on that. I don't even too. know. I I don't think I was I don't think I was invited. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was before I was doing my my shtick back in the day. But um I was talking to Dave about this um last month. We're just now hitting 15 years of pendant. Yeah, that's so insane. I mean, in some ways it feels longer. It feels like it was it's been going on longer and I guess it kind of it kind of has and it's in a different form, but this is, yeah, it's been a part of my life for a really long time and such a, it's always just a pleasure, you know? I mean, how many times do you get so many creative people together to do something just for the love of it and to create something original and um, beautiful and from people, not just who you're with locally, which I do, you know, with theater, but also just, a, you know, around the country to mm -hmm. to build these relationships with these um, great artistic folks all over the country. It's a and keep it going for thing. fifteen years. I, I know that I just I'm right? so impressed that it's and it's growing so much. You know the the amount of work that comes out of Pendant, the amount of shows and the frequency. I can't I can't even believe it. And when we were talking about hey, have we done this before? It's is Dixie like one of those? But okay, it's yeah. not. So here's one we haven't done because. We do. Short you forms, do so much. Yeah. Shakespeare. Futuristic mob. Uh, yeah. Sci-fi thing. I mean, it's like we do so much. And wow, here's this one little thing that we said, oh, you know what? Yeah, we haven't right. done this. All the more reason. I've got a niche. That's All right. the more reason. Got a, got a niche. <laughs> so if um, we had like all the all of the productions going on, um what would be like your ideal role to play oh my gosh what yeah, um you could play any role what would it be 
uh, well, it would be a new role, not not yet written, and it would be uh, it would be the lead naturally, <laughs> and it would be. <laughs> And it would be a more, maybe a more fallible, less goddess-like character, a very fallible character, you know, wow. um, uh, who has a lot of family relationships, I think, uh, but in a, in a fantastic setting. That's what I would do. Have you played villain I before? I guess I got to write one. Yeah. Have I what? Have you played a villain before? I have, and she, she had a, a, a crazy French accent, and I don't know if I would do that again, because I'm not sure I did a very good job, but I... <laughs> would love to play a villain. I think villains are, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I think that one of my favorite things as a, as a reader, as a writer, as a, as a director, as an actor, like all of those things is to try and um, find the humanity in everyone. And mm -hmm. I, when I'm writing, especially, it's really important to me that all of the villains be completely understandable. Like their motivations have to be, super right. compelling and almost change your mind you know i feel right. like the they have to villain. be so they have to be right in yeah. in some ways right they have to they're the they hero have of to, their own story exactly and they have to be they have to believe it and not just because they're evil you know like they have to right 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 they have to be true to themselves and they're just they just have a difference of a different worldview than the than the hero and maybe a more selfish one but but different Right. And because let's face it, it's unlikely you would be twirling a mustache. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if I, I mean, I, I would go for it if I, <laughs> if I could grow one, I would twirl it, but <laughs> you know. So um, I'm going to do some, uh, what we call bullet questions. Okay. I don't know if we did this all those years ago when we did your last interview way, way back in the day. I don't um, think so, but I'm game. Okay. I don't know what it is, but shoot uh, your bullet questions. It's they're really fast question and answer, and they're all right. Like first thing that comes to mind, kind of thing. Oh my gosh, like a Rorschach test or something. It's an audio Rorschach test. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Uh huh. Favorite Muppet. Uh, Gonzo. Favorite pizza topping. Pineapple. Favorite DC hero. Green Lantern. That was not what I was expecting. Uh, favorite Marvel <laughs> hero. <laughs> Gotta give equal uh, time. Favorite Marvel hero. Uh, uh, Kitty Pride. And favorite Star Trek movie. Uh, um, Star Trek movie. Okay. Um, uh, the Voyage Home. And favorite uh, Star Wars movie. The Last Jedi. Darian, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. It was so my pleasure. It's lovely to talk to you. Oh, I appreciate that. And um, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I, and I tried really hard not to fanboy again. Oh, well, <laughs> you'd be the only one, so I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, can people find you on social media? They can. Sure. I am not, um, I'm not like super social media savvy, but I'm definitely on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a, I have a playwright page on Facebook, uh, just Darian Lindell. Mm -hmm. And I'm on, I'm on Twitter at, at D Lindell. And I'm on Instagram 
I think if you just search my name, but I'm currently called Interplanetarian. <laughs> Is that meant to be a um, a callback to um, um, Schoolhouse Rock? No, it's not. But if, I mean, you know, I mean, shouldn't I say yes to everything? Yes, everything I do is intentional and completely <laughs> within all. Con- I know all contexts and all references. Okay. Therefore, yes. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, folks can find me on Twitter at JG underscore QA and on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot five zero three six. Holy moly. Yeah, I like I'm always curious each month how fast I can spell my name. And once again, thank you so much. It is always lovely um to talk to you it is wonderful to talk to you (laughs) well i'm flattered thank you (laughs) and we will kick this back to jeffrey and susan ah to my favorite people in the world it's over it's over it's over just the interview it's over all right every monday there's still new dreamnasium episodes this is the last month for dreamnasium every monday so make sure you uh check it out it'll end on september 30th right so that's four whole mondays with four episodes check it it's five mondays is it no one two there's five mondays oh i missed it okay there's five five never mind five is good Coming out Wednesday, September 4th, Kingery, Season 10, Episode 7. Mid-season finale! Oh, goodness. Commandant Browning? Captain Collier. Next time on The Kingery. This up was planned in detail. Until the finest tactical minds ADHD has to offer, all agreed this was the one with the greatest chance of success. The smallest likelihood of casualties. So unless you'd like to be one of those casualties before the op even officially begins, I'd ask you to shut the shit up. Sir, how much do you know about the fifth, Zeph? Rumors, mostly. I thought they were just a myth, until they took the kingery and sent us packing. Some of the other sector commandants and I pooled our resources, and surprise, surprise, once I had access to the other commandants' crime reports, a name popped up. A very familiar name. I don't want to know, do I? Doctor Samantha Briggs. Yeah, because everything is awful and the universe is on fire. And apparently, you're the only one who can help us stop it. Well, poop. Only at PendantAudio.com. Blow it! Coming out Wednesday, September 11th, The Complete King John, The Pendant Shakespeare. Hours of content, it's so long! Now say, Chetien, what would France with us? Thus, after greeting, speaks the King of France in my behavior to the Majesty, the borrowed Majesty of England here. A strange beginning. Borrowed Majesty. Silence, good mother. Hear the embassy. Philippe of France, in right and true behalf of thy deceased brother Geoffrey's son, Arthur Pantagenet, lays most lawful claim to this fair island and the territories to Irland, Poitiers, Anjou, Touraine, Maine, desiring thee to lay aside the sword, which sways usurpingly these several titles, and put these same into young Arthur's hand, thy nephew, 
and right royal sovereign. What follows if we disallow this? The proud control of fierce and bloody war to enforce these rights so forcibly withheld. Here have we war for war and blood for blood, controlment for controlment. So answer France. Then take my king's defiance from my mouth, the farthest limit of my embassy. Bear mine to him, and so depart in peace. Be thou as lightning in the eyes of France, for ere thou canst report, I will be there. The thunder of my cannon shall be heard so hence. Be thou the trumpet of our wrath and solemn presage of your own decay. An honorable conduct let him have. Pembra, look to it. Farewell, Shatian. La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! the end of the show i was just getting <laughs> yelled at off mic before we were recording no yeah i was just mocking you which is That's what i do kind of the same look it was it was the right choice it's very mean to me <laughs> i make it up to you in ways do you <laughs> yeah. i'm not so sure Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Pendant Audio. We're on Twitter at Pendant Web. Look us up on Tumblr, PendantAudio.tumblr.com, Pendant Productions on YouTube, and there's also a link on the website to join the Discord if you'd like to come by and chat with folks. We'd love to talk to you. We would. <laughs> You're not forgiven. I know. <laughs> We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. But not to you. No thanks to you at all. You stink. <laughs>